Good evening, everyone. Nice to be with you again. So, the last session we had here, well, we were in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam, which is the heart of its uh, um, fraternal sentiments and showcasing of them. Um, and this is uh, a description in this chapter of the Poganda Leela, Boyhood Leela of Krishna, and moving towards and culminating by the end of the chapter in what Goswami refers to as Vaya Sandhi, or the the the, uh, the Sandhyam between Poganda and Kishore, between boyhood and, and adolescence. And so, while the chapter is uh, um, one in which Balaram becomes prominent, as he does during the Poganda Leela, the chapter ends with him trailing in the background of the herdsmen and herd on their way home as Krishna experiences in the Bhagavatam for the first time his Purvarag, seeing the young gopis among the other villagers at the edge between the pasture and the forest, waiting eagerly, and no one looking at them, everyone looking at Krishna, so they don't have to hide <laughs> their feelings. So, um, we didn't get through that whole chapter, which is uh, full of many, many lessons, insights, and, and so forth. Um, as I mentioned uh, in the book uh, that um, I'm writing recently, welcome. Um, I've written four chapters on that chapter, so uh, we're not going to continue that chapter because um, after the first two uh, discussions that we had that took us. Uh, through a description of Poganda and the implications of that, Gopastami, celebration of Krishna becoming a cowherder, graduating from calf herding to cowherding, big event in, in the life of, uh, of Krishna and his friends. Um, we um, uh, then went through the, Krishna's eulogy of Vrindavan and of, of Balaram and the uh, secrets or um, Bhyanjana, so that's the, uh, how would you say, the hidden meaning behind them, the uh, implied meaning behind his eulogy and so forth, which um, has something to do with uh, his uh, also budding uh, ro romantic life in as much as, as we heard, in the middle period of his Kishore, there is a touch, excuse me, of, of, of Pauganda, there's a touch of Kishore also. Hmm. So we heard that. The text then, of course, moves into what the, the chapter is uh, um, 
what the title of the chapter is about, The Slaying of Denukasur, which is a, a, um, a very prominent event in Balaram's life. It's kind of a coming out of Balaram, if you will, as his friends pinch his ego and uh, you know question him. You know, you're the older brother. And what have you ever done? You know, what heroics have you... Uh, you know, demonstrated compared to Krishna, who's slain Bakasur and Agasur and so on and so forth. Vatsa, so we haven't seen anything um, from you. Um, Rama Rama Mahabaho, you have big arms, but <laughs> long arms, powerful, strong, but what have you done with them? So that's a whole other uh, discussion. Hmm. We hadn't go into that. And what follows that, of course, is is the actual slaying of Denikasur, and then the return home, as I said, and the poor Virag, which comes at the end of the chapter. So those are the two sections we haven't described, we're going into, discussed. Um, and um, when I left here, of course, I went out to the western part of your good state here, and met with the devotees there, and we began to discuss the um, Kalyanag uh, Leela. The reason for that is because it's a little complicated, but at the end of the 15th chapter, after they've returned home, another subject is introduced for about five verses, and that is the story of Kaliya. Hmm. It's a story that actually belongs, chronologically speaking, before the slaying of Denikasur, and it's a Poganda Leela, and it's a very prominent Poganda Leela. However, it's also very uh, disconcerting hmm, for the Brajbasis, all of them, extremely disconcerting. While it showcases the heroism of Krishna that previously was witnessed really only by his friends in the forest, whose stories were thought to be you know, largely exaggerations on the part of the elders, And on the part of the young gopis, they thought, that sounds like the guy I'd like to marry, the man of my dreams. Uh, do dreams come true? Hmm. But for the cowards, the, the, his friends, they were uh, very real events. And of course, his heroism is one of the qualities of Krishna that serves as an udipana for, for Sakirasa. But to date, um, there wasn't any really powerfully overt heroism that young Krishna as a, a boy had performed that everyone witnessed. And in the Kaliya Nag Leela, they all witnessed it. But in the context of witnessing his heroism, his own life seemed to be uh, in jeopardy, that he might succumb to... Um, uh, a bad hero, how do they call those guys? Uh, must be a, hmm? a, the, the, the villain, right? So we can chuckle about it, you know, it's kind of humorous, but for Sukadev it wasn't humorous at all. Hmm? For Sukadev, who's involved in, in a form of kirtan, hmm? right? Harikata. It's a form of kirtan to, to recite the Puranas. Of course, is now the Bhagavad Purana. He's in the center of the Bhagavad Purana. It's not Nam Kirtan, but a form of Lila Kirtan. And in the, it is said that 
Sugadev became perfect in his bhakti by the Anga of Kirtan. The place where he re reached his perfection is in the description of the Purvarag, just two verses at the end of the 15th chapter. Sanatana Goswami says, at this point, he attains Rupsidhi. He saw himself in the Leela that he was discussing. And in Priyad Bhagavatamrita Sanatana Prabhu has identified his uh, sentiments with Gopi Bhav. Hmm. So as a tender, budding hmm, Gopika, hmm, this Leela was particularly disconcerting to him. He knew about it, he, he, could, he could recite it, but he held back from reciting it because of his own sentiments and the knowledge of how disconcerting it was at large. Hmm. It was disconcerting to the cowherd boys. It was disconcerting to the cows, disconcerting to the to the to the elders and to the young gopis. Hmm. We're going to talk about tonight how what what role Balaram played there, and the reason we're going to do that, talk about that, because we're going to continue the discussion of the Kaliya Leela that we started. And we started it because, as I'm pointing out, uh, the Bhagavatam doesn't always move chronologically. It moves according to the ecstasy of Sukadev, while from other Puranas we can find the chronology. And that's one of the simple ways in which we can describe the difference between books like Harivam's Purana, Vishnu Purana, uh, Padma Purana, where Leelas of Krishna are also described. They're described chronologically listed, this happened, this happened, this, and some names may be given, and so forth. But those Puranas are not, uh, being sattvic Puranas, they are not capable of expressing the feelings of the Leelas. Hmm. Make them go around, and they, they, their express purpose is not like that of the Bhagavatam. <speaking in Hebrew> Pibata Bhagavatam Rasam Malayam Muhuraho Rasikabhubi Bhavukaha as it says at its onset in the third verse there. If it is such, the ripened fruit, Nigamakalvatoro Galitambalam. Galitampalam, it is a plum fruit and galitam. How easy it is to get, it's fallen from the tree. It's ripe, it fell, and you can go and just pick it up. <laughs> It's, it's so overflowingly giving it, and that's, of course, what Vyas was charged with doing on the part of his guru, Nard, when he expressed some despondency after having compiled all of the sacred texts as the traditional perspective goes. Uh, he felt undone, incomplete, and Nard appeared on the scene and answered, to his incompleteness by way of saying, well, no wonder. <laughs> you have spoken about gyan, karma, and a little bit about bhakti, but not about bhakti in no uncertain terms as the means to uh, attaining transcendence, as the passport. Even if by gyan and yoga, you get a passport, excuse me, the visa, you get a passport, you still need a visa to enter into transcendence, right? Because 
yoga, gyan, also they are transcendental paths, but they're governed by sattva guna, not by nirguna. By the nirguna, you can go to the nirguna. By sattva guna, you won't find the power. There's not, uh, that has no currency there hmm? for purchasing uh, a house, land beyond, uh, beyond death. So you get a passport, seems like a big thing. You can become a Jivan Mukta without bhakti. It's a big thing. And they become, and they even become proud of it. <laughs> but if you don't get the passport, it's worth nothing. Absolutely nothing. What is self-realization? What is Jivan Mukti without Videha Mukti? Actually, if you want, like for example, Brahma Sayuja, it's a form of liberation, one type, not the type we're interested in. But if you want it, and you have mumukshatva, this is a, this is a, an, an anga of gyan, mumukshatva, longing for mukti. Do you understand how strong that longing has to be? It has to eclipse every other longing that you could possibly have for the world. So there's no longing for anything in the world, only longing for mukti. Now how hard will it be to turn that person into a bhakta if he has such some scars for mukti? That'll be very difficult. And Mahaprabhu did that. What was his bhakti then? Prakashananda Saraswati. Sarvabhumabhata Charja, for example. They had mumukshatva. He converted them. Desires for material things, that shouldn't be too hard to, to convert people from. <laughs> they, they offer nothing <laughs> in return except trouble for the effort that's made. Mm -hmm. But trouble that's taken, Bhagavatam says as well, mm -hmm. for gyan, mm -hmm. without bhakti, that could give you a passport, self-realization, is also worthless. It's like, uh, what is the example given? Like beating the husk of the rice when the when the rice, rice is already gone right just the empty husk it's nothing because you can taranti cross over by my blessing very easily although otherwise in the gita krishna says what well, it is mama maya duratya duratya it is insurmountable. It's 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 impossible to cross over. But by my grace, by bhakti, that means it's a little bhakti, a little bhakti mixed with gyan that'll be fruitful. Then you can you can get sattviki bhakti. It takes it takes shelter of sattvaguna. It's not sattvaguna. Mixed with bhakti, then with gyan, then you can get your sayuja mukti, if you like. But bhakti is the passport. How do we get there? That is the way to cross over. So, what are we saying? Too many thoughts. So, at any rate, it'll come. It'll come. I'm sure Kalyanag, uh, 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 right? So uh, uh, it's hard for me to follow myself. So if you have a hard time, don't let it, don't let it, don't get, you know. <laughs>
Don't let it bother you. <laughs> so, so um, of course, Sukadev was an Atmaram. That's uh, uh, central to the Bhagavatam. He was. He had a passport. You know, he got. He got his. He got his. As I think we were coming from. He got his. His 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 visa. Right? He, he 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 got Swarup Siddhi. Hmm? Now we, so he has very very tender heart. He didn't want to tell the whole story. He didn't know how it might affect Parikshit Maharaj, uh, and so he put it off. Hmm? But at the end of the chapter, he's conflicted because he thought, well, it is a prominent Poganda Leela. I have to say something. Well, a few verses. I'll just say a few things, and we'll move on. But then um, Parikshit Maharaj's interest wouldn't allow him to move on, so he questioned him. Tell us, tell us, don't tell the whole story. This is what's happening. What's this story all about? So, um, pressed by a student, what could he do? Right? He has to reveal all the secrets to the student relative to the student's level of interest. That is his obligation. They're not interested. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> then wait till that day comes, so the teachable moment comes, and it's expressed by the student himself or herself. So, for that reason, we began discussing the Kaliyanaga Leela with the idea of going through it, getting back here in time to pick up on where we left off, the fifteenth chapter, but we didn't get that far because it's a very long uh, story. Actually, it covers. Uh, more than two chapters of the Bhagavatam, mm. and uh, but in it, uh, Balaram plays a, a big role. As as I mentioned the other day, he does within the Pogandalila. In the Pogandalila, he comes to the fore. The, 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 the other sakas, you know, bring him out, so to speak. The slaying of Dhanukasura being the, that instance where he comes out and performs a heroic act and and, and liberates the tall fruits for which he's known. They are, if you leave them just a day in the sun, they'll become, um, I say, um, fermented. He wear, he, on his flag in Dwarka, on his chariot, he has the tall palm. So, it's odd because he's a very sober uh, and very obedient fellow compared to Krishna. Hmm? Very obedient, in fact, charged with making sure that Krishna is obedient. As the vatsalya of Yashoda is fostered upon him on a regular basis. And he has vatsalya in his emotional composition. His bhav is called sankul. So it's, it's defined by the prominent bhav that is bundled together with two other less prominent bhavs. So his prominent bhav is Saki, he's the best friend of Krishna. But it's bundled together with Dasya and Vatsalya. So, of course, as I mentioned, Vatsalya is not compatible with Sakya. If the parents come in the room, you, you have to change your disposition with your friends. can't act like that. There are things you can't tell them. Boyhood of Krishna is like our own boyhood or girlhood, we, the center of our affection starts to move from our parents to our friends. And the parents say, well, what's, I don't know you anymore. What's going on? Where have you been? 
uh, and so forth. What kind of? Fortunately, Krishna has good friends. <laughs> Mother Yasoda thinks, well, at least his friends are nice boys, <laughs> as is the case with all the boys in, in Braj, right? <laughs> so, well, Vatsalya is not compatible with, that doesn't mean Yashoda doesn't like Sudama. No, it's not like that. They're just not compatible. In other words, in the face of Vatsalya, Saki will recede a little bit to the background. And Dasi is neutral, but that's also combined in the package of Sankul Bhav that constitutes Balaram's emotional reality. He'll, separ- he'll experience them separately, because hmm? they don't mix. So if we, for example, Balaram's Batsalya telling Mother Yasoda that Krishna ate dirt, how did their friendship, was there, did their friendship flourish on account of that? No. <laughs> Krishna became so upset with Balaram. How could you do that? How could you tell her like that? So, he's obedient and very sober, very kind, Balaram. Amongst all the cowards, if if two boys are having an argument, they'll come before Balaram. He will, what do you think? What do you think? And then they'll end up loving one another and, and so forth. Even they come and complain about Krishna to him. And he uh, absolves Krishna of any fault in their minds and so forth. So, um, so Balaram's, uh, as I say, plays it, his prominence comes out in the in the Pogandalila. In this Kali Naglila, is very uh, is an is an instance an example of that. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about it, and we, we'll continue with the discussion of the Kaliyalila with your permission and um, interest, which seems to have been perked a little bit here. Um, that's 50% of what's going on here, so you're, you're responsible to some, some extent. Yes? Were you going to elaborate on why he's into tall fruit, even though he's really sober? What's unique about why does he have that on his flag? Well, he has it on his flag because he really likes the tall fruit. <laughs> and because he has a penchant for intoxication, it's not something that uh, I can say I've fully digested. Um, but it's a, it's a reality. Like I said, it seems peculiar that he's a sober, a so more sober of the two, hmm? Krishna and Balaram, in, in a sense, more obedient, and what, but he has this pension for uh, for that, and, and, he, and he doesn't let his little younger brother take part. <laughs> well, it's a curious, it's a curious thing. I've never seen it uh, commented upon in such a way as to as to put it all together uh, any more than just that's a fact of his 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 his, his nature. Uh, so, um, so it, so the Kaliyalila, of course, then Sugadev is kind of forced to. Help bring the whole thing out by the eagerness, the enthusiasm of Parikshit Marsh. With some trepidation hmm, on his part, he he starts to tell the story, and there's, of course there's a backstory to the story, whatnot. How it is that the Kaliya, or excuse me, the, the Kalindi, the, the Jamuna became poisoned, and uh, the backstory is of some interest to us with regard to the topic tonight. We're going to kind of focus on Balaram's 
role in this uh, particular Pogondalila. Um, and the connection there, of course, is that Kaliya is an, is a, is a Naga. Uh, a Naga is a, is a serpent. A Naga is a half serpent, half human, in some uh, narratives. And some humans are um, uh, referred to as the community, like a Naga community. Hmm. Now, Kalia was like, you snake, kind of a person, using the term in a pejorative sense. But they're good snakes too, right? <laughs> they're good snakes and bad snakes. So Kalia is a son, one of the many sons of the serpents, uh, son, who are serpents, who are Nagas, let's say, uh, born of Kadru. Hmm? Um, and uh, she's a you know the wife of the the Nagas, excuse me, mother of the Nagas, and who? Kali is one of them, a prominent one. Vasuki is another one, for example. Who's the most prominent one? Anand Sesh, the most prominent son of Kadru, brother of Kaliya, whose incarnation of Balaram, right? The expansion of Balaram, and not to say so. Balaram has a strong connection with the Naga community. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, the unnamed and unknown gopis, if you will, that Balaram marries, and I say it like that to emphasize the point that our the lens through which we look at Balaram the lens of the Vrindavan Goswamis, the founding Acharyas of our Sampradaya, is a Ragmarg lens in which the Sakya of Balaram is showcased, whereas his romantic life is a backstory, it's a side story, it's not considered to be Rag, it's Mariada. There's no Parakya there, for example, either. Hmm? That's a whole other story. Balaram got married, but uh, well, he got married at the request. Well, during the holy Leela, hmm, um, when it's all right for boys and girls to be playing together in the night, and the whole town is celebrating and throwing colors and so on and so forth, making an effigy and burning him and some demon and whatnot. So some some girls developed a crush on 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 Balaram, but. Balaram didn't really respond to it very well because he's really preoccupied with being the friend of Krishna. And Krishna wasn't married, so why should I marry? <laughs> but uh, it, later on, when Krishna sent him from Dwarka back to Vrindavan, he said, among other things, and by the way, when you're there, you should marry those girls. That, you know, they've been waiting for you all this time. He said, no. okay, yeah. So then he got there. Of course, he delivered the message to the friends of Krishna, the parents of Krishna, and ultimately to Rod, to Krishna's gopis. Hmm? And after being able to pacify them to a greater extent than Uddhava could, being a Brajbasi himself, Uddhava went there really to learn about Braj Bhakti. <laughs> what could he teach them? But Balaram is a Brajbasi. Hmm? Right? So and he's Balaram. So he was able to do 
what Uddhava couldn't do and assure them in greater measure that, that Krishna would return. And Radhika turned to him and said, okay, that's very good. But we have one request of you. That is that those girls have been waiting for you for so long. If you would marry them while you're here. He said, well, okay, and I have, I have to get Nanda's permission. So you see he's putting it off. And not to make anything less out of those those Balaram's gopis, Skijai, we have <laughs> put our head at their feet. But Nanda Maharaj, yes, you should marry them. So he had permission to marry them and so on and so forth. But we don't know their names. So how could we do Rag Bhakti to become a gopi of, of Balaram? That's not the window of opportunity that's being presented to us in our sampradaya. Because if you want to do rag bhakti, you have to follow somebody who has that bhava. And if you don't even know her name, <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, those girls are from the Naga community, just in case you want to think about it again. <laughs> so, so, um, so a little bit about Balaram, but he has a strong, as I say, connection with the Naga community. Indeed, Kaliya's his brother from a previous incarnation, and Kadru, the mother of the Nagas, is a partial incarnation of Rohini, the eternal mother of Balaram. So all this in the, is a big, important background to the story, because when Krishna, Krishna of course, the Kaliya is, excuse me, the, the, the Jamuna is so central to Braj from a practical point of view, as a means of commerce, and uh, just, you know, you build a, a community next to water. Not only is there the flowing water, but it ensures, in the case of a big river like the Jumuna, that there's underground water, we can dig wells. And so, Agua's Vida, you know, water is life. So, uh, in, in many respects, just from a practical point of view, the, the, both Jumuna and Govardhan are the life of Braj. The Jamuna in ways in which I'm speaking, with water and Govardhan, with the, uh, the, the grazing facility that it provides for the cows and so forth. That's why they crossed the Jamuna early in Krishna's Kumar Leela to settle in Vrindavan near Govardhan because how it provided sufficiently compared to where they were for the cows. Right? And their cow herds men and women. So the livelihood of the cow, Govardhan, that's what it means. Govardhana, it increases or nourishes the cows. So these are two very prominent, obviously, features of Braj. From a yogic kind of perspective, uh, where Krishna speaks, let's say, in the Tantra, like Brihad Gotami, a Tantra, and says, Vrindavan, my abode, is non-different from me. Hmm? Uh, he says, among other things, this is this, this is that, and the Jamuna is my central nervous system. Hmm. So she is the is the um, the um, Shushumnanadi hmm. in a, in a macrocosmic sense. Hmm. In a macrocosmic sense, everything Vrindavan is the biggest place, as small as it looks. It's the biggest place because the most is there. Everything is there. Hmm. 
it's what it's being driven by is nowhere else. But every there's a representation of everything else there. Even Barnashram is there, just kind of superficially, right? As the structure and so forth. Uh, but the bhavas that drive it, that's nowhere else. But whatever you can get anywhere else, you you you, you could get there. So if we look at Vrindavan in that way, you know, if you if you we come from our small, uh, constricted, limited, bodily, uh, biological, psychological frame of reference within time and space and so forth. So to get out of, get beyond time and space, to realize that you have a life beyond time and space, is pretty spacious. Wow, a lot of room here. So when we talk about Brahman, for example, it sounds pretty big, and it is because Brahman is everywhere. Therefore, it can't move. Brahman is all cognizant. Therefore, there's nothing to do. You already know everything. There's nothing to explore and find out. You know everything. What impetus do you have to move? That's why Krishna is called Param Brahman, because although he's everywhere, he moves. Although he knows everything, he doesn't know if Radha loves him or not. What is that ignorance? You see, what is that ignorance? He is the Param Brahman. But when we move, when we talk to people, and we 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 speak about Brahman, for example, it seems really spacious, then we start to talk about Vaikuntha, it starts to become small again. Oh, there are forms, planets, and what? But the movement that's taking place is a movement towards, away from selfishness and towards love. Right? So if you stop taking, well, that's part of loving. If you don't take, you don't exploit, then you're not a taker. You may not be a giver, but you're not a taker, and not taking is part of being a giver. Hmm? So Brahman is like that, you know, you're not taking. Hmm? So so no one's chasing you. Hmm? In the material life, we're taking, we're hunting, and the reason we're hunting is because we're being hunted. But who's hunting? We're hunting ourselves. What we do by chasing after things life and pursuit of acquisition hmm, is that we, 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 we're, we're, we're creating, we're taking so we owe, so off to work we go, we have a, we have a debt, we're, we're creating the thing, we're, we're running from somebody and it's our own self. <laughs> the madness it is, right? So to get out of that and to rest, well that's a big thing. Hmm. Right? And have nobody to bother you. Nobody is. Wow, that's it's feeling good. But then, that's not the whole face of love, right? So when we move towards Vaikuntha, we're moving towards affection. And when we go to Braj, which looks even smaller, it's bigger because of its affection. So I ask you, I've given this example before, what's bigger? To live on a desert? Live on the moon? Alone? Or to live in a in a, in, a, in the hollow of a tree with someone you love. Hmm? That's bigger by affection. Hmm? 
the whole world could burn down, doesn't matter. There's a, there's a two of us, something like that. So affection, the quality of the place, not just the, the quantity of the place. What is the quality of the place? The quality of the space. We're talking about sacred geography in a sense. Hmm. So the Brajlila, hmm. big by uh, affection. Hmm. So, so at any rate, uh, Krishna thinking about the Jamuna, and it's which is part of the sacred geography of Braj, which is the, which is macrocosmically, as I'm explaining it, the Susumna Nadi, which is microcosmically within us that channel from the heart through which the yogis pass from the heart through the top of the head, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult uh, um, procedure that they've uh, taken up to fit into that Shushumna Nadi, <laughs> that archery, and get out. Our, per, our way of doing it is just to jump in the Jamuna. That's all. <laughs> That's what happened to Gopu Kumar. He fell in the Jamuna in Brihat Bhagavatamrita, and it took him to Goloka. In his meditation, fostered by Nam, Nam Kirtan, he had the darshan of Krishna and Braj, playing his flute with his cowherds and friends and cows. And then he disappeared and he chased after him and heard the flute, fell in the Jamuna. Then he tells a beautiful description. It took him uh, faster than the mind and he ended up in Goloka. So that's our method. So the Jamuna very special, very dear to Krishna, and it's become polluted. And he, this is a long, old, old story, story of Kali. Kaliya had gone there because he thought he would be safe from the wrath of Garuda, who was a half-brother of, uh, of, of the Nagas and Kaliya. There's the two wives, Kadru and Vinata. Vinata was, uh, had two sons, uh, Arun and, uh, and Garuda. Anyway, there was, due to the family circumstances, it turned out that Garuda and his mother and, and brother became enslaved by the Nagas. They were the bad Nagas. And so there was a childhood trauma for Garuda, who was a fish eater, and added snakes to his diet. So uh, uh, he and uh, Kalia had some disagreements with one another, and Kaliya was no match for Garuda. But when he heard that Garuda had been cursed by Surabi, hmm? Surabi? Surabi Muni, who was meditating in the, in the Jamuna underwater. Imagine how powerful he was, right? Real spiritual. He could, he could live underwater and meditate for long periods of time. Hmm? And he cursed Garuda because Garuda was eating fish, and he thought, you know, this is an act of violence, and uh, you should you should stop. If you eat one more fish, I curse you to die. That's what he said. So Garuda was is a great Vaishnav. He could understand. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Vaishnavera kriyamudra bigdena buja. He doesn't understand the Vaishnav, huh? but. Uh, I won't bother with him. He didn't leave the place because out of fear. He left the place 
uh, not wanting to argue with them and knowing what the future would be. So upon leaving, of course, he put some celestial drops of water on one Kadamba tree, and then he left. But Kaliya, not being so wise, thought, hey, Garuda won't, has been cursed, he won't come there, I'll go there. So the net result of Subhari Muni's Prabhda Sattvic karma in the form of compassion, I mean, it's not a bad thing, but when it translates out into not understanding the compassion of the Vaishnava, which is transcendental, and offending a Vaishnava, as Subhari Muni did, but it has bad consequences. Because what happened? Kaliya came there, Subhari fell down, and all the fish died. Subhari killed all the fish in the name of being compassionate. Because he created a situation that brought Kaliya there. He himself fell down from his yoga for offending the Vaishnava. Kaliya came and ate all the fish. Well, killed all the fish with his poison. So you have to be... Uh, mundane compassion is, is good. It's a good thing. But not if it is... If, we, if as a re in the context of it, we misunderstand the Vaishnava's uh, compassion. Sridharmarsh, Pujapat Sridharmarsh once said that he was, you know, he sometimes got complaints that, you know, you're sitting here talking to a few people and the world is, you know, burning up and so forth. You know, what are you doing for the world? And uh, he said, uh, others can do those things, but what about those people who do come here and, and want this food? make a comprehensive solution. Who will nourish them? Somebody must nourish them. Hmm. We need more of them, hmm. right? So, it's a long story. That's a little bit of the back story. So Krishna he, he and Balaram, they knew about this. This this, this the Khalil got was to, to the south. The water was flowing away from Braj, so Braj was okay, but still this part of the Jamuna was was not uh, not safe. So Krishna wanted to go there, and he he would think about it over and over again. Of I'm going to show my heroism, and I'm going to save save the Jamuna from this this guy. But Mother Yasoda was consistently, daily saying, "Don't go to the Jamuna. You may go up, but don't go to the Jamuna. Don't go to the Jumuna. now." You can understand that her Vatsalya Bhav was counterproductive. <laughs> the more she's telling Krishna, "This is forbidden." The more that mischievous young boy has got it on his mind. There's something special about that place. Something special about that place. Right? The forbidden fruits are always sweeter <laughs> than those that are readily available. So so it's building up in him this this desire to go there. But Balaram, uh, who, so as I mentioned, fosters her own Vatsalya repeatedly, he tells it repeats what Yasoda says. So no, we're not going to the Jamuna, not going to the Jamuna. So Krishna's waiting, you know, for, for an opportunity day in and day out, and it so happened that the day of the month in which the uh, constellation of Krishna's of Balaram's birth hmm, appears, um, it's a kind of a mini birthday. So he was tied up by Vatsalya Rasa at home. P parents wanted to keep him at home, mother wanted to keep him. 
some relatives would visit and so forth. According to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, he sent a message with one coward. Tell Balar, tell, tell, tell Krishna, I'm, I'm going to, I can't come today, but don't go to the, you know, to the uh, Kaliya Lake. But, uh, Jiva Goswami comments, but he was late. The coward boy was late. And Krishna had cows at that time that were pregnant. And he knew that the grasses near the Jamuna had not been touched for, they were, they were just really good grasses there. Hmm? So he wanted to bring the pregnant cows there, and he wanted to check out Kaliya and so forth. And so he went, right? And and with interest in Kaliya, he went a little bit ahead to look over the scene, right? And meanwhile, the cows drank the water and died. And seeing that the cows died, the coward boys drank the water and died. Now you might think they're stupid. If they saw that the cows died, obviously there's something wrong with the water, so why do they drink it? But don't think those coward boys are dumb. No, they're dharmic. They thought, here we are, we've just got in charge of the cows. The livelihood of the whole of Brudge. This is our dharma. This is what we live for. This is our purpose in the context of the drama, right? They're, they're, they're cowherds, abiras, vaishas. So, so they thought, if on our watch the cows have died, there is no meaning to our life. We will die. So they drank the water. And Krishna heard the cries and the moves as they, they passed out and returned and thought, oh, just see. Rationalizing, as I did, about being a hero, I, I, a, I've, I've created this problem. Just hmm. see. So, of course, this was an opportunity for the Aishvarya Shakti to manifest in the context of the Leela. So Krishna expanded into all, as many forms as there are coward boys, and revived each one personally. And then he revived all the cows hmm, who mooed and licked him just like there was a new, the calf had been born. Hmm? And the calves inside the womb started kicking, <laughs> wanting to come out and have his darshan. Hmm? Then, of course, Krishna proceeded to the lake. The cows and the boys followed, but they followed his path, so they weren't affected by any of the inauspiciousness of poisonous effects and so forth. And then, to their surprise, of course, Krishna jumped in the water. And then they fainted again. Hmm? They experienced different sattva kebabs, which saved them from jumping in the water themselves. Hmm? Their sattva kebabs, passing out, trembling, falling in the arms of another coward boy, saved them from jumping in the water, which would have been more problematic. Right. So now Krishna's jumped in the water. Kali is down in there somewhere. And what is Krishna doing? He's manifesting his matsya, matsya avatar. You can imagine what a good swimmer he was then, right? Swimming like better than a fish, like the best possible fish swimming in the Kali, where all the fish have died to bring Kali's attention. And he was making, a, his, his body had a kind of a sound, celestial, transcendental sound. And snakes, they don't have ears, but they can pick up vibrations. So they pick, he picked up the vibes of Krishna. And he... And he, so he came to the, you know, to meet with him, and now 
some interaction right now. What exactly took place under the water, we don't know yet. That comes later. We may have to have another day to talk about. That's very, very, very interesting because it's not what you might have thought. You have to understand, Kaliya is different than all of the henchmen of Kamsa. He wasn't sent by Kamsa. And you know what else? His wives were devotees. This caused Krishna some trepidation. How am I going to deal with this? His wives are my devotees, actually. Now, if I, So that means what? There's some good in Kaliya that they see. And they've been trying to teach him about bhakti. <laughs> if I kill her husband, how are they going to feel? <laughs> you know, they love me, but I killed their husband. So it's a problem. <laughs> Luckily, Krishna's a pretty smart guy, so pretty clever. So he, as you see, figured it all out. But but Balaram's at home, so Krishna's there, gone. And when he next appears from beneath the water, of course, he's in the coils of Kaliya. And, and he's going to stay there for a long time. Now, why he stayed there for a long time, that requires another class also. Maybe, maybe we can do this t- tomorrow. But, but um, meanwhile, this is being witnessed by the cows, by the buffaloes, by the goats, by the deers, by all the cowherd boys. But they're all stunned. There's nothing they can do about it. They can't run home and... and explain what's happening. So the, the underlying intelligence of the nature, you know, which would be in our world, the influence of the devas, created omens like earth trembling and meteors falling and, uh, and the bodies of Nandini sort of trembling and uh, eyes blinking and you know, those kind of symptoms. Something inauspicious is happening. And so what do they do? They all turn to Balaram, the elder brother. Because if he was there, and the cowards were thinking, if only Balaram were here. Cows thinking, if only Balaram were here. None of this would have happened. See, he's very central to the whole affair. So they turn to him. So now we get to the verse that this class is about. And I'm, that's a, not, I won't take too much more of your precious time here, but uh, it's a it's, it's a nice nice section. Tamsata kartaran viksha bhagavan madhavo bala prahaschakinchinovacha prabhavagyo nujasya So tamsata kartaran viksha. So that means, as I say, that they were all afraid, so they just naturally turned to Balaram, it's kind of instinctively. He's going to—he's Krishna's other self, whether they know it or not. I mean, he's his brother; he's the older brother. He's going to—we'll get some wisdom from him. Bhagavan Madhavo Bala, but Bhagavan Balaram is described here as Bhagavan Madhavo Bala Prahasya. They turn to him, who is Bhagavan, who is Madhava, and what did he do? Prasya. He simply laughed. What? He simply smiled and 
chuckled. So what's behind that? That is, a, that is a, the question, right? Hmm? And Sugadev is narrating this verse, and he has his own opinions about it. Hmm? So Bhagavan, he's Bhagavan, but he's Madhava. So Madhava, Sukadev is thinking, he calls him Madhava because he's thinking Madhava is also a name that identifies Balaram with his Chatriya heritage. The Madhu dynasty, is, the Adu dynasty is sometimes called the Madhu dynasty also. So Balaram is, of course, uh, the son of uh, uh, Rohini and he's a Chatriya lineage although he's a Brajabasi, really, and a, and, and a cowherd in all respects, right? So that he's, he, what Sukadeva is saying is, you hard-hearted Chatriya. Hmm? Mm. These Chatriyas, they're like more noble and, and, uh, and, and the, 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 the Vaishya community is, is, is more soft. Hmm? Soft-hearted. And, hmm? and so he's a little upset with Balaram. He smiled. What is his, what what does he smile? How can he smile, in a circumstance like this? Hmm. She, Sugadev, <laughs> in this case, is is thinking. Okay, and Ram means also another uh, you know, way. Also means knowledge. Dava means carrier. So, it means he also smiled because he's omniscient. He knew there was there's not going to be uh, any problem. Hmm? He, he knew. Oh, oh. What did he? And he thought, hmm, interesting. Huh. What Krishna, Krishna, Krishna went to the Jamuna. Hmm. And there he is riding on Kaliya, like he used to ride, like he rides on me, Ananta Sesh, in other, in other incarnations. This, this guy is something else. <laughs> I should go there and see what. What what this what's what's gonna what's happen here? <laughs> his, his, his curiosity is is, is perked and, uh, and and so on. Hmm. And madhu also means like honey, like intoxication. So Sukadev is thinking: Is he drunk? Is he even drinking again at the time like this? Hmm. And so so he's laughing. Hmm. So Sukadev gets a little bit. See, it's very tender this leela for him. That's why he didn't want. He didn't want to tell it. Even in the context of telling it, these feelings come up for him. It comes out in this verse, and of course, uh, then uh, everyone feels solaced to some extent or confidence in the person of Balaram, despite his smiling and not understanding why and so forth. And and he gives them shelter and he takes them. Right, following the footprints of Krishna, those footprints of Krishna, those are bodily symptoms which are anudipana for 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 Sakirasa. They, in his Poganda Lila, he weighs enough, and his bodily features are developed enough that at the bottom of his feet and the markings on them will leave impressions on the on the ground. Hmm? So, you might wonder, well, you know, that was hours ago, and you know. And you think all the cows might cover the footprints and so forth. How will they? But the, those footprints are preserved throughout the bridge hmm? by all the inhabitants. Cows get out of the way of them. <laughs> the cowards get out of the way of them. The natural environment, the winds, the rains, they fall and blow around them. They preserve them. Hmm? Except, of course, 
with regard to Madhurya Rasa when it's necessary to cover his tracks. But then that's uh, a special arrangement. So they followed, this is not in play, it's slightly in play. It's slightly in play and it has something to do with why Krishna stayed in the coils for so long. Because now the young gopis are also going to come, everybody's going to come, right? Following Balaram, who's following the tracks of Krishna, and of course he arrives there, and there's Krishna in the coils of Kaliya, and the feelings of the Brajabhasis, especially the elders, are, are like raw emotion. They feel like a mother cow or bear or moose or something whose young are in danger. There's no thinking, there's just raw, raw emotion. And they're ready to throw themselves into the river. They're frozen by their sattvika bhavs and then they begin to melt into the river itself to, to do something about it. And Balaram has to stop them by words, by, by voice, in some cases by his arms and pull them back. And and uh, he gives some reasoning that I've put into words and I'll just read that to you as we come to a conclusion here. Wait! This is Balaram speaking to to everyone. And that Mother Yasoda is like insane. She starts talking to the cows, thinking they may have magical powers and, 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 and mantras or something. Because they're, they seem to be talking and the boys seem to be stunned and unable to talk. That's a peculiar situation. <laughs> so she's thinking they're, they, maybe they're sages and they've got, you know, some mantras to give and solve the situation. And then she starts talking to the trees who have, and the bushes that have herbs, thinking that they're the doctors. So she's Unmada. She's gone insane. She's experiencing this kind of sattvic above. Hmm? Uh, well, uh, sanchari above, insanity. So it's, it's, it's a trying situation. <laughs> In Balaram, this is what he says. This is how he feels. So, wait. Gargamuni has said that according to Krishna's birth chart, he will save Braja from all kinds of obstacles. Therefore, don't think he himself will. Don't you think that he himself will be saved from apparent danger? Be patient. Furthermore, if you all jump and drown in the river, and meanwhile, Krishna frees himself. Who will raise my little brother? You will then be guilty of neglecting Garga's order to take care of this precious boy. Now, this is like really bad logic. <laughs> He's got the power to overcome all obstacles. But if you die, who will take care of him? But this, this logic makes perfect sense in Braj. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> they love it. So they still they get some solace <laughs> from Balaram's uh, words. And of course, Balaram is conflicted. He knows that there's no real problem. But he knows that there's a real problem at the same time. He knows that Krishna is not in danger. He knows that Krishna can save the situation. But he also knows the, how the Brajpasis feel. And that's a real problem. Hmm? They feel that there's a real problem, that he, Krishna is going to be vanquished. Hmm? So his, his karuna rasa for, for all these inhabitants is very powerful, conflicting with his omniscience. And Krishna's 
arrange the whole thing so he, and how he's going to free himself from the coils and embrace Balaram very beautifully and uh, and so on. And then we'll have to go and talk about this maybe 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 tomorrow. The, the, the aftermath, which is interesting and, and, and insightful. So, just a few words on the Kaliya Lila. Hmm. Kaliya Naga Kijai. Yeah. Even he becomes a good guy in this story. Krishna Balaram Kijai. Gaur Bhakta Binda Kijai. Any question? Any thoughts? Yes. Maybe you already said it, I popped outside, but did you talk about the two or three verses that? sent Shukadev to the other side that that yeah caused him to um develop Gopi Bhav. We didn't go into that whole section. Uh that that that's um uh that's a whole another session we'll have to have and I don't know if we're gonna have time to get back to it, but um we got a lot of time overall, you know, for these these things. Time passes when you're having fun, but there's a lot of it, so <laughs> an eternity. <laughs> this yeah. Okay. No, no, it was. You see, uh, I'll just go over again briefly. At the end of when they come back from killing Danikasura, at this point, Krishna sees the gopis. They exchange eyes, and and they experience Purvarag at this point he enters in but he hasn't told the Kaliya story yet he's been holding back hmm? so he's telling it now but he's already detained Surup City so he's in very much entered in the, in into the mood of a Braj Gopi a young you know adolescent Kishori hmm? and so this is especially traumatic as it turns out on, on, on the Gopikas this Kaliya Leela what else? Another thought? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the tree that Krishna climbed. It was the only tree that was living there. When he got up on the tree, then he tightened his sash and made sure his clothes were in place. This is called Suvesha, one of his qualities, a meticulous dresser. That's a Satvika, that's a Udipana for Sakirasa also. Because in boyhood, Krishna and his friends, they start dressing themselves instead of their mothers dressing them and so forth. So they're, they're, a little, they're a little conscious of that. Like I said, when I was a kid, I think I mentioned this the other day, just before I turned into from Kumar to Poganda, from childhood into boyhood, for Christmas I got a sweater and I thought, what a dumb gift. <laughs> but when you go into... Poganda, then yeah, yeah, it makes a little sense, you know. Well, especially when in the Poganda there's a touch of Kishore, which is the case in the Brajlila. Poor Krishna and all of his friends. The Poganda Lila is it, it, it's 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 uh, it's uh, like Kavi uh, uh, collapses it entirely into the Kishore Lila practically. Hmm. So so it's the, so it's appropriate, and you know, of course, based on the Bhagavatam's fifteenth chapter, the tenth canto, which is like. Starts Poganda and it, he, he, there's threads, of, tinges of of Kishore coming through, and it ends in entering into Kishore. Yes. What's your name? Nanayanda Skijai. I'm greedy, so I have two questions. One's just a yes or no follow up. 
Is is the tree currently in Kaliyagat in yeah. the same tree? Yeah, and it's said in the Braha Purana that those who, whose bhakti is pure, they they see this tree blooming all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are many nice statements in that Purana about the mystical visions of Braj that those who are Krishna conscious, who are actual Brajbasis, have. So one of them is in relation to this tree. So, what else? I have some questions in relation to like this divine vision, or like um, when when you speak of you know Gopakumar jumping into the Jamuna and being transported immediately like this. Mm-hmm. You know, for us we're told so much like oh bathe in Radha Kund or chant this Astakam and then, and you will you know go to Gopakar, you'll be liberated. Um, you know, that hasn't happened for me. Really? <laughs> I wouldn't have known. <laughs> um, no, but I, you know, I get it's my material, my lack of shada, my lack of faith, my lack of real desire for that. But what, what's the mood? I want to take my friend here to Vrindavan. I want to bring others to Vrindavan. What, how do I explain to them, like, this is true and it might not happen? <laughs> One... Uh, explanation of this is that um, another example to help us understand in Bhaktivarasamrita Sindhu Jiva Goswami explains a number of angas or limbs of the body of bhakti that if you uh, engage in these angas the result will be bhakti they're forms of bhakti that if you engage in your bhakti will grow right and some miraculous statements are made about those angas Um, so Living in Vrindavan, living in Mathura, you know, is one of them, right? And they're, so I'm taking the bigger picture, what to speak of little things within, if you do this within Vrindavan or that within, you live there, um, you become liberated and so forth. So one of the ways to understand this is that those statements are based on the fact that that has been observed. That happens. That power is there. That possibility is there. Does it happen to everybody? Not maybe not necessarily, maybe not right away. But the power is there. Hmm? That's possible, hmm? and we know there are so many examples. This happened. That's why they say this happened. This, this the history is there. So it it creates a faith in us as to the potential of what we're involved in, and so we make the effort. But what we're doing is making an effort to get grace. Hmm? That's the effort in bhakti. We make an effort to get to get grace, and grace is, comes of its own own accord. Hmm? It's you 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 can do things that will determine whether it's just or not that you should get something, but mercy is not like that. It's an overriding of justice. So we're living for an overriding of justice, if you will. We're making an effort to position ourselves such that we'll be. So we follow the example of, uh, of saintly persons and of what has been said about these things. And um, what that does is, is it, it creates impressions, some scars over time for bhakti and for a particular kind of bhakti and so forth. And eventually these some scars or the vrittis, they turn into some scars. They're, they're like impressions that turn into a group together. They become samskar, that means they become powerful. They be, like materially speaking, you do th- things, similar things, uh, f- similar impressions will 
causes some scar, and then you find yourself doing those things, whether you want to do them or not, right? So it'll become in time that you'll be doing bhakti without thinking about it, just by the force of bhakti samskars, impressions. So you should go to Braj thinking, I'll get these impressions. Hmm? And But in the context of acquiring such bhakti samskars, another thing is happening, and that is the chitta is, is becoming, well, nirodha, chitta vritti nirodha, right? For example, quote the sutras of, of Patanjali. So what's not impressions that you don't want are being cleansed away. So sometimes the lower effect that may take, before the decorating takes place, you have to clean the house. So, so we should have confidence in, in these things, that this, 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 is, this is, um, has happened, it can happen, and therefore it's good for me to invest my time in such. And that in itself will, will grow your bhakti. But you have to understand um, also that mukti is very, very uh, rare and difficult to, to attain. What to speak of prem? There are all kinds of mukti. Hmm? There are all kinds of... Not everybody in Baikunta has mukti. Not everybody in, 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 in the Brajloka has, has, has... Actually, has, has prem, I should say. Therefore, prem prayojan. This is said to be the goal of, of a, the Sampradaya. That has a very special meaning, prem prayojan. It's keval prem. That keval prem is different than the, even the prem of Baikuntha. And there are many devotees of Narayan in Baikuntha that don't have prem. They've gone there by mixed bhakti. They've followed Varnashram very carefully because that's God's law. Hmm? That's a, and in the context of that, they worship Vishnu, Vishnu bhakti, and they got Baikuntha. Because they wanted to live on the planet of God, they wanted to have uh, salokya mukti, or they heard, "I could have a form like God, sarupi mukti." I want that. Hmm? So those types of liberation are there, and they are uh, uh, goals hmm? that you can attain. There's sadhana by which you can attain them. So there are people in goal in, in Vaikuntha, for example who are there because they had as their goal Salokya. They had as their goal. Uh, and just to imagine, you, could, you heard the story that you could live on a planet where God is, is the president, you know, is, is presiding. There's no problems. Everything's taken care of. It sounds great. Why not desire that? And here's how you get there. So there are people there for the perks of Vaikuntha. And then there are devotees who have Prem. And the perks are there as a secondary thing that just happens to be part of their service. They accept him without, because... Uh, but in Goloka, you don't have the desire to live on the planet of God. That's not going to get you to Goloka. Hmm? You want to go to a planet where they worship God. <laughs> right? In Goloka, they worship Narayan. Hmm? Nishingadeva is the household deity of Nanda Maharaj. You don't want to think, I want to go to Krishna's planet where he's God. I mean, that's not the mentality there, is what I'm saying. So those types of liberation are not included in the Keval Prem. Hmm? Then you have people who do a Hangurpasana. Vishwanath Chakrati Thakur explains in his commentary in Ujbal Nilmani. Hmm? They follow the people of Braj in a particular way by meditating on them. Like, I am Nanda. 
I am I am Sudam. He says, and they merge with trees, birds, cows, and Vrindavan. They, they don't have prem. They didn't take the route that Uber Goswami is saying, where he dismisses that kind of worship. But that is an Upanishadic type of worship. Hmm? So there's there's a goal. What about Shantarasa? There's no prem in Shantarasa. You don't get prem. You're up to Rati. No prem. Hmm? There's Shantarasas, Bodhis in Vaikuntha, lots of them. What about Sayujamukti? That's also a possibility, right? Hmm? Bhakti mixed with Gyan, you can go there. There's no prem there. But it's a form, you know, abstract, you're getting pretty abstract there, but it's an abstract form of love of God. Brahman is a God. Hmm? I want to merge with Brahman. I don't want to take from him anymore, exploit, think myself to be the center. Of course, I am Brahman. <laughs> but I mean, that's my That's a little different. But Sayuja Mukti is a, is a valid you know goal. You don't lose yourself. You might be aware of it, unaware of it. But so, so there are different f- ways of loving God. Prem is a particular way. What's big of cable prem? Hmm? So that's why prem prayojan is. This, it, you have it's nobody says that. In Ramanuja Sampradaya, it's not Prem Prayojan. They want Mukti. Then they may want Prem. There may be sectors that, you know, obviously pursue the Prem, and and the types of Mukti are secondary to them. But that's a particular type of Prem. That's not Kebal Prem. But there are others. I mean, the main the main thing in the Ramanuja Sampradaya is Sharanagati, because you can't do Bhakti in the Ramanuja Sampradaya unless you've gone through Jnana and Karma. Gone through Karma cleanse the heart from karma to nishkarma kam karma to gyan the heart is clean now you can meditate on God that's bhakti that's their idea so bhakti yoga is only for advanced souls what about those who are not and don't have that capacity they can do sharanagati and that means they just surrender I belong to God I belong to that's the consciousness they cultivate and then they go to heaven they die and go to heaven they don't become self-realized before going there so it's an easy place to go to, comparatively. Some people will run out and go, I'm going there, this is too hard. <laughs> it's too hard, but if you listen carefully, it's too attractive, <laughs> too attractive. And then it becomes starts to become very easy. The more you find it's attractive, the easier it becomes. Hmm? Because it's easy to do things that you're attracted to. And Krishna has great power to attract us, to charm us. Hmm? You like Leela? Let's tell the Leelas of Narayan. Uh, where do we start? <laughs> uh, okay, his avatars have some Leelas, you know. They, they, but what goes on there? What are the Leelas of Vaikuntha? Right? So, Leela, really, in the full sense of the term, doesn't even fully pertain to Dwarka and Mathura, it pertains to, to Braj. That is that is a full face of Leela. Hmm? Which is very charming to play, right? To play. Again, God knows everything. God is he's omniscient, he's omnipotent, omni omni what's the other one? Present. Omnipresent. Oh, oh he's everywhere, he knows everything. <laughs> Could be boring. What do you do when you're bored? You play. 
you create some game, <laughs> something like that. Mm-hmm. And he plays very hard. Mm-hmm. So very charming, Krishna Leela. So this is this is why this is a very powerful anga of bhakti to hear the leelas of Krishna in good association from the tenth candle of the bhakti. That's very. We, it's easy to develop attraction. Once you have attraction, it's easy to practice. Right? All right. Kantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. You were talking about these um, kinds of liberation. Isn't it like if you achieve one of them, automatically you achieve the others? Like No, not necessarily. No. There's a gradation between them. Hmm? You can, Well, of course, you're, you're going to live on the planet of God. That's true. But you might have the form of God, and have that, not have the Aishvarya, Samipya. You might not be a personal servant of Narayan. You could be just meditating. There are people just meditating and in Vaikuntha. It's a it's a weird place. <laughs> it's it's a it's a hoaxaja. It's like nothing like what we know. The, the, the nice thing about Goloka, hey, it's it's like us. It's like we are. You know, so we we can fit in there. I remember once I went to the Padmanabh Chitra in. Uh, in um, South India, where, where is that? Um, where? No. Uh, hmm? No. 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 I forget. Anyway, a famous, famous holy city there in the south, the Padmanabh Chetras. This is a temple of Vishnu. It's a, it's a city, you know, it's this incredible city of stone, right? And there's, you know, big deity of like Mahavishnu, like, you know, 20 feet long, lying down like this, you know. And then there's little temples all the way around of Nishringa, the different avatars and so forth. When I went there on Ikadasi, and it was like, I went into, entered into Vaikuntha, and then they, they, they were bringing out the, the Vijay Murti, the small Murti, taking him around to the temple, and every every twenty feet they'd stop, and there'd be trumpets and and chanters and an elephant, you know, all you know, it was like so opulent and so extraordinary from from different from it was just outside, you know, the door. Vaikuntha hmm? is it's a hoax. It means it's it's like it's like overtly transcendental. And meanwhile, Braj is a prakrita. It's kind of like a, like a human life. So it's it's easier to fit in there for us, more charming. All right. Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai, Esi Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Bhakti Rakshak Sita Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Si Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi. Hari Hari.